0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new Robbie Muscle Podcast. I'm your host, your boy. As always, the one and only, the one and only, talking about myself, it's TJ here, um, and we're back with another brand new Robbie Muscle Podcast. This has been a while coming. Um, Unfortunately, I've had a bit of a nightmare of a week where I've had to completely uh, wipe and restore my Mac that I record my podcasts on. So apologies that we've missed a week, and apologies to Leslie, and I think Nick Littlehouse's episode has also gone. A few of my guest recordings that I've done have been recorded and then lost to somewhere. I'm tapping my computer screen right now, because that's where the hard drive is also stored. It's one of those old-school Macs. And um, yeah, they, those podcasts got recorded there. They are no longer accessible to me and so we're going to see if we can find a way to sort of find them again but I don't think it's going to happen I think we just have to re-record but doesn't matter that was already too long of a intro about me complaining about my problems with my computer I, I think I do that too much on this podcast as it is you guys aren't listening for that you guys are here for the gains and for the insights to help you progress as a rugby player so I'll do that with a Q&A that we've got coming up before I get into that, I do want to give a shout-out, once again, to guys that have been giving us five-star reviews. So, Colorado Corey, thank you so much. Um, do I know you? If you live in Colorado, I'm pretty sure I know who who that is. But uh, give me a shout-out, just send me a message. You, you should have my number, probably, if you... It, not that everyone in Colorado has my number but uh, yeah but Colorado Corey says from game reviews around the world to rugby specific training to real world applications this podcast is great it blends player and fitness information with match and competition reviews really happy to have found this podcast and highly recommend it awesome thank you Corey get in touch with us and um, hit me up on the Instagram and, and I'll sort of hook you up with a little freebie. <clears throat> I also want to give a shout out to Liam M12. Really enjoyed these podcasts, some really re- relevant information and important information for conditioning for rugby and about the rugby world in general. I've enjoyed many of these podcasts and look forward to more being released. Well, hopefully you look forward to this one. Sorry that my whole computer completely fucked me, and sorry that it took another week to get this out. But, you know, here it is. You're listening to it. Hopefully it's all good now. Um, And then finally, Rubix underscore 100 says, Thoroughly enjoyed this pod from a health and fitness angle. I feel more knowledgeable after listening to an episode. Cheers. Punchy Emoji. Um, thanks Rubix um, I want to know which episode you feel more knowledgeable after listening to or if you just feel not more knowledgeable listening to every single one which is pretty cool because that is the idea of this podcast and you know it's why I like doing it as opposed to the you know as much as I like putting my information style stuff out on Instagram it still bums me out that it doesn't get you know the the more informative posts I put out get about you know seven likes and then i'll put something up that's just a stupid meme and all of a sudden it's got like 500 likes in fact the most ridiculous uh thing i put up is my most actually the two most ridiculous things i've ever posted are the two most liked um and shared posts i've done one of them is of an nfl guy (laughs) trying to He's trying to make a tackle with a guy that's at least five yards away from him, and he's like leaping to take it. I'll um, I'll put a link to both of these posts in the in the show notes. Um, but yeah, the guy's trying to leap as if he's going to jump and actually like catch up with the guy, but he doesn't. It's it's ridiculous and it's hilarious. And then the other one is um, a post I put up of a Russian uh, or Ukrainian. I'm not sure where he's from, so forgive me but he has an eastern european accent and he just says about how hockey is only game why well, you have to be mad and then that for some reason has been popular even though i posted that about five years ago before i even was doing this shit but whatever anyway what was he talking about oh yeah we we're talking about thank you guys for giving us five-star reviews Reach out to me, uh, TJ underscore rugby on Instagram, and I'll hook you guys up. If you are listening to this and this isn't your first episode you've ever listened to, because if this is your first episode you've ever listened to, I haven't earned the right to to get a five-star review from you, but if this is like, you know, the fifth to tenth or even more, then absolutely you should go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review or whatever platform you use. We are now on TuneIn Radio, I believe. Um, so the podcast is growing and growing and growing, and I will endeavor to keep improving it, but the more reviews we get, the more traction we get, the more I'm allowed to get bigger and better, not better, because all my guests are awesome, but yeah, more and more guests will make this a priority to give up their time to come on the podcast, like Mike Isretel does on this upcoming podcast on Thursday. And like so many future guests will do. But it's a lot thanks to you guys giving us those reviews because that really does help promote the pod. So please, if you've got five seconds, do it. Whilst you listen to this, just whip out your phone. if As long as you're not driving, then click on your Apple Podcast or click on whatever podcast service you use and give us five stars. If you, if you use Android, though, it does help to go to uh, Apple Podcast. I don't know how you do that, but that would be much. If you do that and you make a point, that, uh, you know, you've come over from Android, I will definitely, definitely hook you up even better, I'll, um, yeah, I'll, I'll make it worth your while, but do that, let me know you've done it, and you, your boy will hook you up, anyway, let's get on to the podcast, then. so today, I did want to answer a bunch of questions that I got from Instagram, I actually, uh, fuck, I already answered these questions last week, man, before I had to wipe this this bloody whole computer, but it doesn't matter too much, I guess. But before I get into those, I guess I want to talk about the European. Because see, this is see, I wanted to review the European Rugby Round Two um, of the European Rugby Champions Cup. But because uh, you know, it took another week off with trying to fix this fucking computer, we ended up having another week of Premiership Rugby in which uh, Saracens continue to smash it. Um, Northampton Saints are looking pretty good. And, uh, Bristol play some really good rugby too. I think, um, I want to go back though and talk to the, about the European rugby because I like, I, I, I always enjoy the sort of clash of styles. And I think I've said this, I said this in a previous one, but I do like the blend, you know, where, um, you got the Irish that are playing a lot more structured rugby, but then when they, they capitalize when they can, English teams sort of go hot and cold, um, I don't think they play with the same amount of intensity and passion almost that those Irish guys do. You know, the Scots are always there just playing shit. <laughs> Actually, the Welsh are playing pretty poor as well. Um, I don't know what's going on with Scotland and Wales club rugby. It's 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 tanking a fair bit. And, well, that's like top flight. And I wonder if that's because there's too many... I don't know. There's a lot of admin problems that I've seen and stuff. Um like, a lot of smaller unions because they just don't have the cash flow that the Irish or the English union or the French unions have, but they're they're in a bit of a crappy period, I guess. But when you look at, um, you know, the French and how, um, like, they play so completely unstructured, that almost gives them the freedom every now and again. Like, if someone runs a really good line in a French team, like, they they just see a, a really good line and they hit it, then if they get the pass then like that's awesome whereas you don't have the freedom as much in English rugby you do still but I think in like the more structure you get the less freedom you have just to randomly run a line like uh, Vakatao does it all the time in fact all the Fijians do they just hit a random line and they can they can bust a game line it allows for individuals to shine probably a little bit more but what happens is you end up having teams that play really well one week and then really shite the next, a.k.a. Clermont Avenue, for example. You know, perfect example. Um, you know, you would say that potentially Racing 92 didn't play too well, but I think that's more Munster playing pretty well. But Racing 92, Jesus Christ, Finn Russell is a genius. He's like that um, sort of kid at school that's got all the talent but doesn't really give a shit, but he's actually that good That he's made it all the way to professional, and he's dude, he's so good. He's really, really good. Watch Finn Russell's try from the weekend, and I think he also assisted with one try. See, but now it's already a week removed, and I've already it's already slipped my mind. I do remember both Currys playing really well though, and when you think that both Tom and Ben Curry, um, for those that have only watched the World Cup, yeah, Tom Curry has a twin brother who is literally just as good as him um and they both play the exact almost the exact same way they're both only are they 21 which like goes to show it's not all about having to be cuz they they're, they're, they're kind of big but they're not massive you know and so when you look at those curry boys they uh they are just workhorses and they're just strong enough and because they're just such smart fit players they get to exactly where they need to be all the time and they are so effective. Obviously, Tom Curry had like an outstanding outstanding World Cup. And when you think in the NFL, that dude's like, like guys at his age aren't even allowed to be in the NFL because they're still trying to figure out their college career. Imagine if you go to the NFL straight out of high school, how much you might be able to develop rather than playing some dodgy college where that's another three or four years where you're not even allowed to be paid. But that's a political discussion uh, for another time, probably even another podcast. <laughs> so let's get into the questions with that all out of the way. Um, I'm sure that when you saw this was a Q&A episode, you didn't expect me to ramble for this song. So let's get straight into it. Firstly, uh, any thoughts or recommendations about books for rugby, S and C? And that's from Guillaume. Um, I think I answered a similar one to this the other week on it when i was when i was doing the podcast in the car um if it's just your training like that you want to improve as a like a you know you're a rugby player and you just want to improve your own training genuinely i always think the best option is hiring someone i've done that for like everything i've wanted to get better at i've hired someone first and then i've learned you know i've learned infinite amounts more than what any book ever could teach me because you've got someone that understands the nuances. Um, of being a player or being someone that's trying to improve you know whatever it is you're being coached at but you know for rugby you've got someone that understands what your needs are um, can help you out and can explain that to you so that you understand it sometimes you know a lot of the science is so overwhelming that you don't understand it as a player and then there's so much like there's about 80 percent of things in every book like 80 of that book probably doesn't even apply to you at least you know so I think hiring someone's always the best way to get the best results and to even even if down the line you want to um just have the knowledge to create your own training programs there's no better way than hiring someone going through a few different programs understanding like some good elements why they're being done sort of adapting them to your routine your schedule your availability all those sorts of things um if it's if you're like you're a coach then i love super training but talk about a heavy book i mean talk about something that where so much of the stuff probably doesn't apply and how much science is going to get lost on you but i mean that is the foundation that all the best strength coaches in the world build their uh knowledge from but it is really 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 heavy but super training it's not cheap either um the other one i like is scientific principles of strength training by Chad Wesley Smith, Doctor Mike Isratel, who again is on the podcast on just coming up, um, and Doctor James Hoffman, friend of the pod, he's also coming back on again. Um, those fellas explain, you know, the nuances of training. I I think one of the best things about it is that they don't give sample uh, training plans at the end of the book because a, a lot of books give like tons of great information and then they give you some sample programs for different situations based on the information they've given. And then what most lads do is that they'll just go ahead, skip all the information, and just go to the sample stuff that might not even apply to them and just do that. Like, that's the program I'm doing. I've seen this time and time again, even with, like, strength coaches. And I get it because you want to just have a program that you don't have to think about and stuff. But that's the problem with programming in general. And, like, the more... In depth you get, and the more you want to make it personal for you, and the better you want it to be, the more nuance has got to be, and the more you do have to think about it. Or this is where I'm going back to why I think getting a coach is the better idea, or the more someone else can think about it and lay it all out for you. You know what I mean? And that way you get the benefit of having a really nuanced program that's perfect for you, but it's, um, you know, it's actually something that you don't have to do all the thinking about because as someone that, you know, has delved really deep into the science, has been a coach for over 10 years now, when I, I do the same thing time and time again, when I write out programs for myself. So yeah, that would be my recommendation. Um, so I think, sorry, that, sorry, that wouldn't be my recommendation. My recommendation is the, the book, Scientific Principles of Strength Training, read through those, figure out exactly what you want to be doing and how you can apply it, write a program and then bust it out for, you know, four to six to eight weeks and give it a go or write out programs for other people, obviously, and you can always refer back to the chapters to figure out the nuances that you need to alter to apply them to your athletes and or clients. Um, and and obviously, I, it wouldn't be a Rugby Muscle podcast if I didn't plug the 50 free rugby conditioning sessions that you can get at, 50, at, 50, at 50-muscle.com at rugby-muscle.com get 53 rubber conditioning sessions and that'll just give you a bunch of different ideas that you can do and we also in that like we explain exactly why you should be doing each session alright next question comes from Jared Bueno aka Rowdy J Roddy O2 and he says lifting Sunday after game day what would you prescribe? this is like the perfect scenario where we're talking about the nuances and stuff because absolutely depends on uh the you know the energy and the cost of fatigue that you've had in that previous game so if you've played on the wing and you know it was a, a piss poor game um is both teams played 10-man rugby you barely did anything because all the kick, kicks went straight out to touch you know you just could sort of half you did a few tempo runs back and forward in that pin trying to get the pendulum barely touched the ball, barely took any carries, then you could go ahead and have a full on gym session. And probably you should be encouraged because you've you've carved up, you've primed up, you've um, you know, eliminated your fatigue for the game and then you haven't used up you know, you you are still just as fresh as you were the day before like and you and because you've made yourself fresh for the game, you should be extra extra fresh so you could have a real good tough session depending on where you're at in your training cycle, like hypertrophy could be the the Like, you could have a real tough hypertrophy session. You could also have a really tough, um, or not tough, but really effective and efficient speed session, Um, especially a winger, uh, someone that's in that sort of um, position where they want to do a lot of top-end speed. You're not going to have a lot of time in the season and in the training week especially that you can train that top-end speed stuff because you're always going to be just enough fatigued that that's going to stop you from working. Remember, when you're working speed, you have to work 95% or above, um, and if you're just f if you have any fatigue, then it's very difficult to get to that range and work on your speed. So you can have a really good speed session. You could also have a like a brutal conditioning session, knowing that you've got another day to recover before probably you you're, you've got training on the Tuesday. It completely depends on um, you know how what your goals are with that cycle. But at the same time. If you just came from a game where you've been brutalized um, and, you know, you, maybe you played front row and you played full 80 minutes, you're st- you're really, really stiff. I still wouldn't uh, advocate doing nothing. I would get some sort of recovery bike. I would just get some active recovery. Um, and depending on how your tolerance is and how you active you were for the week prior and that you're going to be for the week coming up, you could also just have like a light hypertrophy session or a light prehab session. That also serves as a good way to get some blood flow going and obviously is going to give you those extra benefits. Problem with that though is that if you if you have a primer session for Friday, you're probably training Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday as well. That means you don't have any days off and I would always advocate having at least one day a week where you're you're pretty much doing nothing. So if you've primed yourself on that Friday, and you have you know taken somewhat of a beating on that Saturday, then absolutely you could also take the Sunday off or just you know active recovery, but really, really like low levels of activity, you know, just going and foam roll. That doesn't really count, that counts as a day off. But um if that is the case, I wouldn't overthink it. I would just get that into the routine if that's what you want to do. You know, have a have a Schwitz. Is it a Schwitz or a Spritz? I can't remember, but you know, go in and have a, an executive workout. Just go into the steam room, look at all those old man's hairy balls, um, have a nice sauna, get recovered, um, and then get your food prepped for the week and nail the next week. Um, so there's a lot of nuances there, and unfortunately, there is no you know definitive black and white answer because it. it I mean, that is probably one of the bigger nuances that we have. You know, um, because it's it's as a result of the game on the on the, on that in that given saturday any given saturday um and it's also based upon where you're where you're at with your training in general on like a long-term basis and where you're at in your training cycle on a short-term basis because i mean you know, if it's just your first week of a new training block i wouldn't go balls to the wall but you would you would just try and take advantage of the fact that you're you know primed for action and however however fatigued you have been on that saturday because you could be back down to being maximally fatigued because you worked your ass off in the game so it massively depends and unfortunately um maybe maybe we'll do a whole other podcast on sunday sessions and we will we'll go in for that um unfortunately to most most rugby players when i talk about a sunday session it means something completely different hey you boys know what I'm talking about. Anyway, next question comes from Joseph Head. He just asks, what position do I play? Well, Joseph Head, I do not play rugby anymore. I was a, I was like a 7 slash 8. So I was like an 8 when I was playing junior rugby growing up. And then I, I went straight into playing men's rugby at 17. And I did that the whole time. Um, which transitioned me more into a bit of a seven. Um, and I tried to like, cause I wasn't overly talented. I tried to do my best to make myself just the fittest person that there was. Um, and that geared me towards being a bit more of a seven. I played a little bit of six, but I enjoyed seven. And then as I got bigger and grew into my adult body, I became an eight again. So I played a lot of seven and eight. Uh, those are the two main positions I played for Poland and for Bahrain and everywhere else. Um, and I do think that eight is a more of a specialist position than a lot of people realize. Um, but, fun fact, I don't know if this counts as... I think, I think as in men's rugby this is how it's worked. I have played every single position on the pitch except for fullback and scrum half. I think I maybe have played in some sort of charity sevens or tens games at scrum half before. But I don't think that counts. I've pl- I used to play fly half for the school, um, in my senior year because the rugby program complete basically got dropped. We played one game, and so I played fly half because I was the only guy that knew what the fuck he was doing. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. That's a random answer to a random question. And then last question, I guess we'll have from- comes from Betriez. So she asks. What is the best thing to eat after a hard training session? Um, This is where, number one, calories becomes really important because you've just got to have the energy to recover from a real hard session um it also is important that you spend some time relaxing after that session so it's not just a case of oh, i've got to eat a burrito and then get onto my stressful day at work like probably not the best idea even if it's just 10 minutes just spend as much time as you can relaxing after that session um because that'll help get you back into a better nervous system state to recover um but in terms of eating we're looking at a lot of carbs um not necessarily the simpler, the better, but you don't want too much fiber because you don't want to take too long to digest this food. Same with fats, like you can have a few like a little bit healthy fat in there to give you like a real nice flavor. but I wouldn't concern myself with getting any fats in. In fact, I'd try my best to avoid too many fats because again that's going to hamper your digestion. and then protein. Um, no matter what your size, probably 20 grams at least is, the mi- is probably going to be a minimum of protein that you'd need. Um, obviously again that depends on if you're having amino acids and whatnot um, because I've started to take essential amino acids just to bump up but that's because I'm plant-based so something that I've sort of been playing with but yeah 20 grams of protein um, and you know anywhere from 20 to 100 plus yeah 150 plus grams of carbs those are your minimums Um, eat something that you enjoy and also, you don't have to have it like as soon as you finish training. You've got about up to an hour to make sure that you're you're getting recovered. As long as you've trained, as long as you've trained with some sort of food in your system. If you've trained fasted, that would be the exception. That would be where I would advocate maybe having a shake during your session or at least straight after. Um, and, get, and that would be when getting in food straight after your session is more of a priority. If you've just um, you know, if you if it's just any in the evening or at lunchtime, and you've had some food in before, then you've got, you know, between an hour and two hours to really concern yourself with getting extra food. Um, That window would get smaller and smaller, depending on if you're training again later that day, or when you're whenever your next training session is, like the sooner it is, the shorter that window is, and the less fats and fiber that you want to consume. Because that's when the recovery becomes really, really important. And it's important that you recover like as soon as possible, but on a larger scale doesn't make too much of a difference. But, um, you know, your white rices, your white breads, those sorts of things are always going to be a good idea. I used to, I used to get my fill with, um, cereal and cereal. And, uh, like instead of having milk, I would just mix in protein powder, uh, with almond milk. And that is delicious. Um, the problem with concerning yourself too much with the exact meal and like trying to get in hundreds of grams of carbs and protein straight after your workout is that it doesn't leave you too much rig- wiggle room for the rest of your day in terms of food. And like, if you're even if you're trying to bulk, like that's something that I'm going to address in my next solo episode podcast. But when you're trying to bulk, one of the hardest things is trying to like efficiently lean bulk and not overeat because. By far, I actually think that um bulking is more difficult than cutting because it's so easy just to turn into a fat piece of shit within six weeks and then just diet down and you haven't really had enough time to like get sustainable muscle uh muscle gain muscle muscle building you know you haven't had enough time to really lay the foundation and build some solid muscle uh you've just gotten fat so you know getting into a real good hypertrophy block should be something that takes you know the best part of a year and then you should spend as minimal time cutting as possible but if you're you know if you're putting on a pound or even a kilo every single week then jesus christ you've put on 50 pounds in a year you are definitely fat by that point all right so don't do that fatties (laughs) just just um you know try and focus on your overall calorie intake and um yeah you know Any again anywhere between 20 to yeah 20 is a very very low amount actually when we're talking yeah that that would be for people that are on extremely low calories but anyway i'd say at least 50 grams of carbs is usually a good idea um and at least 20 grams of protein if not most dudes listen to this we'll, we'll be trying to chug about 30 to 40 um and that will really make sure that your bases are covered, and have you going into the rest of your day feeling awesome, or the rest of your evening feeling awesome. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that podcast. Um, and again, if you, you know, if you want to buy a book about strength training, but you're only training yourself, I definitely would advocate getting a coach. And I am doing my end of year sales. Uh, I do this at the end of every year because the. I don't open my books for clients in January but I do in December because January is one of those times where you feel good and then you realize that January is a bit of a shitty month anyway and you start dropping it you fall off the wagon the best idea is to get into a solid routine before January comes around um and just slide into my dms tj underscore rugby or shoot me an email uh, tj at rugby-muscle.com and we'll just have a chat about it and see if coaching is right for you um Yeah, a little bit about it you get the program you get nutrition you get full guidance and weekly check-ins with me you get personal complete access to me everything is delivered through a really easy to use smartphone app that will keep track of your progress in the gym outside the gym and it allows you to you know really focus on your goals and head towards and like make the best progress you've ever made but without making all those sacrifices because the sacrifice is what stresses you out, what causes you to fall off the wagon. So we try and, as best we can to blend everything into your lifestyle and make it as easy and seamless for you to hit your goals as possible. So once again, just reach out to me, tj at rugby-muscle.com or tj underscore rugby on Instagram and we'll get a conversation going about that. Other than that, if you've made it to the end of this podcast, once again, I will implore you. You know, I'm using fancy words. I fucking implore. Go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast you use. Give us a five-star review. Type up a quick few comments. And then, you know, if you want to get hooked up by your boy, then screenshot it. And again, slide into the old DMs, TJ underscore rugby on the Instas. Um, and if you want to ask more questions I will be putting up question posts on the Facebook group Rubby Muscle Athletes on Facebook just click there and join the group we are you know we're growing every single day it's pretty awesome to see it um, and it's a good resource for you guys to use um, and I'll be bumping up a lot of the stuff from Team Rubby Muscle into that group coming in the future but for now guys thank you very much for listening I don't have any outro music anymore because um, I lost it all of my fucking computer so Have a good one, guys, and I'll catch you in the next podcast.